All right. Tonight, we have got a fantastic obituary. <laughs> people are gonna wanna people are gonna wanna hear that one. Uh, but then we've got a lot more, man. We've got some of these stories that are really good. Uh, the guy with the chopsticks. I, I don't even know how you end up with chopsticks there or how you don't know that they got there. Um, yeah, we got more things for sale on Facebook, real things for sale on Facebook marketplace. Uh, this is sweeping the nation. People, people love it. They're mm -hmm. very excited about it. And then, uh, a couple insane videos if you're able to watch this, you're going to want to see it. If you're listening, we will do our best to describe it, but you'll still want to go to the YouTube to uh, to check it out. So these are going to be worth worth a look. So, all right, brother, you ready? Let's just jump in. Let's roll. All right, let's do it. Here we go. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lift off. Lift off. Lift off. All right, everybody. I think it's uh, to quote in sync. Oh my God, we're back again. Uh, it is. It is time. You get the horn show. Tad and Jeff. This is the big show. So welcome everybody. However you found us, you're in the right place. Prepare to be entertained. Jeff, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, doing good. Is that really a an in sync song? Is that what they say there? Yeah. And that song I think. is that is that in sync? I don't it's know. It's oh my god, we're back again. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. I heard I, I heard the back again part, but I never realized what they were saying. Yeah. I can't play it. I can't play it. There's a strict copyright law around yeah. it. But uh <laughs> um this is way off topic already, God, but speaking of like misheard lyrics, hmm. so my uh brother in law, you uh, the um um Zach Brown band. Sure, I'm familiar. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. You know the song. She's got whatever it is. Okay. What if it is? I, I don't want to sing too much because I don't want to stick it. You know, someone to yeah. think I'm Zach Brown. Sure, sure. It's so <clears> yeah, easy to yeah. happen. So uh, yeah. So the song says, "Got whatever it is, blows me away." Okay. Okay. This dude seriously thought he said she's got one of those innies. <laughs> Meaning belly button in heel. <laughs> like, dude, you did not think he was singing about a belly button, did you? She's like, yeah. What is it? Holy cow, dude. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Yes. And this is a man who's gainfully employed. This is a. Well, <laughs> a well he's ex-brother-in-law, so I, I assume so, but I don't, I don't know for sure. But yeah, she's wow. got one of them innies. One of them innies. Blows me away. Yep. Blows me away. <laughs> Can't believe it. Didn't know it was possible. Yeah, I'm like, like I believe 99% of the country, uh, of the world probably has innies, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not it would be that... super weird if she didn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Carry wow. on. I just made me think of it. So. Yeah, that's insane. All right. Well, yes, we've already, we're already derailed tonight and we yeah, haven't even gotten past I mean, the We should just yet, start so. over. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go rapid fire. We got a lot of great stories. We are going to roll through them as we do. As always, as we talk through these things, uh, we may have seen the stories ahead of time. We may not have really looked through them very much, and we definitely don't know each other's reactions or uh, literally did no show stuff. prep at all. So <laughs> <laughs> just woke up. Somebody told me it was time to record. They wheeled me yeah. in here, and uh, here we are. So. Here we are. <laughs> All right, so I thought this was a really, really fascinating obituary written by children who had been abandoned by their mother. Oh. You tell me if you think they ever reconciled. <laughs> <laughs> Lady's name is Kathleen Demlo. Kathleen Demlo was born on March 19th, 1938 to Joseph and Gertrude Schrunk of Wabasso. She married Dennis Demlo at St. Anne's in Wabasso in 1957 and had two children, Gina and Jay. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle Demlo, and moved to California. She abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, who were then raised by her parents in Clements, Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Schunk. She passed away on May 31st, 2018 in Springfield, and will now face judgment. She will not be missed by Gina and Jay, and they understand that this world is a better place without her. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. 
Thanksgiving was awkward. Uh, uh, <laughs> that is a, uh, those folks are holding on to something. I get it. I mean, look, your mother abandoned you, but they really aired out all the dirty laundry there to say she got impregnated by her, by her husband's brother and oh abandoned the gosh. children and everything. Oh, who raised the kids? Now I want to know more of their story. Well, they said who would raise the kids. It was the the uh, <laughs> the children were raised by her parents, Mister oh, Mrs. Parents. Joseph Shunk. Okay. Yeah, so were her parents. Oh, yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, cause let's just say she had the kids at twenty. I mean, these these are people in their late forties, <laughs> yes. early fifties. Yeah. Oh, they are seriously holding on to that grudge. Yes. And uh, so here's the thing. There's like a little bit more from them. They, uh, the, the, the children spoke out about this and they said that, uh, so army veteran and former professional boxer, Jay Demlo, he's 58 years old. He explained Mm. why he and his older sister, Gina, who was 60 had felt moved to publish such an obituary. You can't believe the dysfunction of the family, said Demolo, who now lives in Avon Lake, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. They'll never know what we went through, but it helped us to write this. We wanted to finally get the last word. It was Gina's idea to write the obituary when she learned from a cousin that her mother was on her deathbed. So she hadn't even died yet. So when she found out that her mother was on her deathbed, was going to be dead soon, she's like, oh, we're going to write a really good obituary. She had no desire to see her but asked for a picture that was duly published along with the words penned by her brother. The obituary, which ultimately appeared exactly as he wrote it, was actually rejected by one Springfield newspaper on the grounds that it was too offensive to print. After publication in print and online, it was deleted by the Redwood uh, Redwood Falls Gazette's website and from Legacy.com, where it also appeared. Uh, Yeah, so... So yes, they, uh, they really wanted to, uh, get in the last word here and they found a way to do it. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, not everyone that dies is a good person. I mean, just cause they Very die. True. I mean, that's, that's tough. I mean, that's rough, but I mean, that's, that's how the kids feel. I mean, that's gotta be awful. I like, I wonder at any point in time, she's ever tried to reach out, tried to reconcile. Right. Hey, I was young. I was dumb. I was stupid. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it. Clearly. Does not sound like it. No, they did not accept that olive branch if it was ever extended. That's for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty rough. I mean, if you're going to like to really sit there and say, uh, to, to talk about the fact she got knocked up by her, her husband's <laughs> brother, she abandoned I mean, her children and now she's going to face judgment. <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> the world gosh. is a better place without her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that is just brutal. in time for the holidays. Just, just a little holiday message from, everyone. <laughs> yeah, from our family to yours. <laughs> May the world shine brighter now that mom is dead. <laughs> Dang. Ugh, crazy that's rough. Man. Yes. They don't mess around in that family. She toughened those kids up, and then that's what happens is that the student becomes the teacher. She toughened them up, and then they used that mm-hmm. toughness against her there while she go. was on her deathbed. There bed. you go. Maybe they that was until her she point. was weak, and then they struck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was her point. You know, she knew she wasn't going to be around. You know, Tough Johnny love. Cash saying uh, about a boy named Sue. And uh, explain why I named him Sue. That's it. That's it. Toughen you up. That's it. <laughs> All right, so now from from uh, talking about a lady who is now history to real history, and uh, this you know again we talk about it on this show quite a bit. It is a small world. It does not matter if you're looking at sports, if you're looking at politics, history, whatever it is. It is a small world. This is a great example of how it is a small world. In 1864, actor Edwin Booth was on a New Jersey train platform waiting to board a train. As people hurried to get on, the train suddenly moved, causing a young man next to Booth to lose his balance and start to fall between the platform and the train. Reacting quickly, Booth grabbed the young man's collar, saving him from falling. The young man, realizing who Booth was, was both thankful and amazed. They separated, unaware of the strange twist of fate that would emerge later. Edwin Booth's younger brother, John Wilkes Booth, would become notorious for assassinating President Lincoln in April of 1865. 
Interestingly, the young man that Edwin Booth saved on the train platform was Robert Todd Lincoln, the only surviving child of President Abraham Lincoln, making their meeting quite significant. Is that crazy or what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the brother of John Wilkes Booth saved the son of Abraham Lincoln from getting crushed by a train. Hey, you know, you save one, you lose one, I guess, right. you know? That's right. Jeez. Yeah, it's even Steven. You know, I mean, that's just, that's, that's how it works. That's how the world works. I oh, mean, is geez. that crazy, though? I mean, that's like, insane. Just, what are the chances? They didn't even know they were standing there next to each other. They didn't know anything about it. Uh, so, yeah, right place at the right time. And he pretty, was a pretty, pretty big actor, I guess, in that time, right? I mean, so he was recognizable, at least. Yes. Yeah, and I think I've was, seen some pictures. Like, I think this guy has like statues or something like that of him. Um, Edwin Booth, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he does. So, I mean, yeah, he was kind of a big deal, I guess, back then. Yeah, he was. Like, he was. Uh, he was pretty, you know, pretty well known guy. Very uh, esteemed actor. He was an internationally renowned actor in the mid 19th century. Uh, he was born into a theater family. His father and two brothers were also actors, and. Um, yeah, he performed, he did Shakespeare plays, all kinds of different things. And, uh, and yeah, they, they, uh, they did a lot of stuff, plays in, in Central Park and everything else. And then obviously with the war going on, that certainly uh, kind of screwed some things up. But uh, yes, a very well-known actor. And then clearly very uh, involved now in the legacy of the, of the Lincolns. They are tied in. And here's the thing. And this is how life is just unfair sometimes. If you're in the Booth family, old John Wilkes, you know, it's a, he, he's, he drags you through the mud all the time. But nobody's mentioning the good that gets done over here by Edwin Booth. It's like, come on, man. How about Edwin doing something? He saved, he saved a Lincoln. Nobody cares about that. It just tells you the, the media only focuses on the negative. They don't want to hear the, the, the positive stories out there. You'll never see a single headline about Edwin Booth saving Robert Todd Lincoln. But old John Wilkes Booth, that's all you want to hear about. Exactly. Mainstream yeah. media and their biases. That's right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on. And we got plenty to move on to. Uh, okay. This is a story I'm going to tell you ahead of time. I don't know how it's possible. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it just from a high level. But it's not my job to make sense of it or understand it. It's my job to just report it man shocked to discover source of headaches for five months is a pair of chopsticks inside his skull it doesn't make sense that this could happen but a pounding headache led to a shocking discovery for a man in vietnam after the source of the pain was revealed to be a pair of chopsticks after the man experienced severe headaches for five months Doctors at Cuba Friendship Hospital in Dong Hoi told the 35-year-old man that he had a pair of chopsticks lodged inside his skull, according to the New York Post. Upon checking into the hospital on November 25th, a CT scan revealed that the man was suffering from a rare, potentially life-threatening neurological condition that was caused by the pair of chopsticks that had allegedly gone up his nose and into his brain. <laughs> The Post reported that while the man was initially surprised at how chopsticks ended up inside his skull, he soon remembered a fight he was involved in while out drinking five months prior. The patient reportedly told doctors he could not reveal or recall many details from the fight, but he did remember someone stabbing him in the face with an unknown object. I feel like if that's the part you need to remember, that's the only thing you need to remember. The surgeons were able to successfully remove the chopsticks and the patient was said to be in stable condition waiting to be released from the hospital. Here's my thing. And again, this has never happened to me. I want to be clear about this. Sure. But if I'm having horrible headaches for five months and I go to the hospital and they say, well, it appears that you have a pair of chopsticks in your brain. The idea that then I say, well, you know what? I did get in that fight. I don't remember much about it. But now that I think of it, I do remember someone stabbing me in the face with a foreign object. Like, <laughs> you didn't think that was relevant to this whole situation? 
remember it, but you didn't see any like stab wounds on you or anything. How you was your breathing go to the doctor bef- after you got stabbed in the face by a foreign object after right. the fight you didn't go to get checked out? And then what, did you just have terrible time breathing to begin with? Because I would yeah. imagine that had to be blocking something. Yes. It would have to make breathing pretty hard through your yeah. nose. At no point were you like, oh, man, I got a lot of sinus pressure right now. <laughs> I mean, my Freaking gosh. chopsticks. <laughs> and look, I know nothing about the Vietnamese medical system, okay? But chances are... It isn't maybe on par with America or Canada. But they were able to find pretty quickly, you got chopsticks in your skull. The idea that you went in there with no idea, you really didn't know what was going on. My guess is it's like one of those things where, you know, it's like, oh, I had a, you know, I don't know, a toy car in my rectum or something like that. You hear about all these crazy stories. But like, I don't know how it got in there. I don't know what happened. It was a weird accident. My guess is this dude had to go in there with some idea. It wasn't just like, it wasn't like, I have no clue. I think it was more like, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen my chopsticks in a while. And ever since then, uh, I'm be having headaches. <laughs> oh my gosh. How blackout drunk did you have to get? Dude, oh seriously. Oh my gosh. Seriously, how bad would you have to be? And you woke up and continued on with life. Like yeah. the next day, like you were, you didn't have a bloody nose. You didn't have any issues from this. I mean, I guess the fight was bad enough that you didn't even notice these other issues. Maybe you had and a how? broken nose already or your face was all swollen. I don't know. Now, how did the guy get both chopsticks up the dude's nose? <laughs> it had to take did this time. Happen? Did it, yeah, I can't imagine it's like, well, and that's <laughs> yeah. the end of the fight. Like, was he knocked out and then like he shoved him up there at the <sighs> end? Like is a... You know, a, a kind of a, a parting gift, you know, for the I don't fight. want to know the details. I truly have no well, desire to know the details. I'm kind of curious the details. But I will tell you, well. I mean, this this isn't just, I'm not just throwing this out there. This is on Fox News. Like, this is like a very, like, real thing that happened. This isn't like some weird corner of the, the dark web. This is a real story that got picked up. And, uh, yeah, straight up chopsticks up his nose. I five mean, months. Five months. I'm not sure what's more impressive, like the dude having chopsticks up his nose and not doing anything for five months or the person that put the chopsticks up the nose. Yes. That, that's pretty impressive. He's pretty creative. That you can, I mean, chopsticks aren't, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they have like. Unless they have mini chopsticks, they're pretty big. Yeah, like, like, I don't know. Do they have like a salad? <laughs> like we have a salad fork that's smaller. Do they have like a yeah. salad fork type chopstick in, in Vietnam? Could be, could be. <laughs> so they're small. Like, for, like, how'd you get carrots them, and stuff? Like you got them all the way up there that you couldn't like look and see them sticking out. Very yeah, you would think they do would look like a walrus. He would just have right. like two chopsticks hanging down, but nope, <laughs> they're all up in his brain. <laughs> so strange. That is very strange. Yeah. So anyway, I, I saw that story. I thought it was worth talking about. And then there's another story. I'm actually going to flip it over to you on this one. So we have someone, you know, this guy was in pain for five months and goes to the hospital and get checked out. And then we have a story that is the exact opposite of that. Someone who does not have issues and also in all fairness, not chopstick related either, right. uh, but thought it was worth, worth going with. So why don't, why don't you uh, break us down on this one? Yeah. Due to an extremely rare condition where she was born without her sixth chromosome, Olivia Farnsworth does not experience Fatigue, hunger, or pain. Less than 100 individuals are believed to be living with this condition, and Olivia is the sole known case that displays all three of these symptoms. During infancy, Olivia displayed an unusual pattern of minimal eating, limited sleep, and absence of crying, which her mother found particularly perplexing. I I would have been like, this is the best baby ever. Yeah. It was not until 2016 when Olivia was struck by a car and dragged on concrete pavement that her mother truly grasped the extent of her daughter's uniqueness. Despite the severity of the accident, Olivia got up seemingly unscathed and calmly walked back over to her mother, who was distraught and fearing the worst. The doctors examined her and found Olivia was perfectly fine, except for some minor cuts and scratches. 
The doctors believe that she was able to emerge from the accident with minor injuries because her body never tensed up because she had no sense of fear and couldn't feel any pain from the impact. How is this possible? How could you get hit by a car? Okay, like I get it. You wouldn't tense up if you didn't see it coming, right? So that's like not that big of a deal. But it's like afterwards, like even separate from the tensing up is the fact you got hit by a car and dragged on concrete. Like you would still, there's still a physical issue there. Even if you didn't feel like it hurt, I mean, aren't you still bleeding everywhere and busted up and everything else? It's like Wolverine. So this is like a, like in the the last, the Logan movie, they had the young girl that was like a young Wolverine. Like this is like like the young Wolverine. hundred percent. This is exactly what this is. (laughs) I mean, imagine that. Like she just gets up, dusts herself off and walks back over. Like, are we still going to the park or or what? You know, a baby Terminator. That is (laughs) crazy. What What a weird thing to have. Okay. So what was it again in the beginning? She doesn't experience, what is it? Pain? Uh, hunger or fatigue. Oh my goodness. So she never gets tired. She's never hungry and she feels no pain. I mean, if that's not a superhero, I don't know what is also yeah. a trained assassin. hundred um, percent. Yes. Or at least your powers a, for good. Or at least a very good cross country runner. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Don't get hungry. She's tired. Yeah, yeah. No pain. I'm good. <laughs> We did a thing, remember a few like a few weeks back about that big dog's backyard ultra yes. where they got like put her in that man. That's so sort of like insane like yeah. uh endurance like she race. She just wouldn't stop. She was yeah. running and like, running. Like I don't need running. a break. I'm good. No, that's good. I'm unbelievable. Hungry. Because you almost think that like certain things are just automatic within the body right like it's like how do, how do you not feel tired does that just mean she doesn't feel it and then all of a sudden she just has like narcolepsy and just like because you still have to sleep at some point that's got to be awfully weird how do you manage that in your life you know right and it sounds good you know because uh, and you know i've seen some of these things like when tlc was actually you know the learning channel yeah um you know and not um you know, these people that go to foreign countries to, to get a, uh, a fiance. <laughs> You're right. Which it I is love, a lot better now. It's a, which it's I a, love, by the way. It's a lot better now than it used to be. <laughs> Things got a lot more spicy on TLC. Sure did. But, you know, there was, um, I can remember some watching some things where people didn't experience pain like young kids and right. like how parents thought like, oh, this is a great thing. But then you, you realize like how much, like pain keeps us from danger. Yes. You know, we pain can touch a stove. safety. Right. So we can yeah. touch a stove and, you know, if we break an arm or a leg, we're not going to continue going without telling anyone about yeah. it. So it was really like, at first the parents were like, this is fantastic. And then realized like, oh, this is awful because yeah. my kid doesn't know they're in pain. My kid doesn't know that they're injured or hurt or <sighs> know to stay away from danger it's you know so it's, it's got to be yeah that's it it sounds good in theory but you know i guess in and for a comic book it sounds it's really good <laughs> yeah um but in real life yeah that's um that's a serious issue so yeah that's crazy man scary yeah because i don't i mean i'm assuming not only you probably not grow out of it but it's not like they're going to bother learning how to treat it. If only 100 people in the world have it, you know, like there's just, it's just, okay, you're on your own at this point. We're not going to solve right. that problem for you. Exactly. It'll take a hundred years of research to figure out how to even <laughs> do this. Out. Yeah. For, no one may ever have this again. Yeah. For what, I don't even know what that would be. One half of 1 million percent of the right. world like, has it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of money in that treatment. That's for sure. <laughs> right. And we know. Man. They ain't figuring it out if they can't make money on it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, not not a priority. Well, I'll tell you, that's an interesting one. I will uh, I will see that one, and then I will try to see if I can manage to raise you. This is a person who could feel pain, arguably should maybe have felt pain. It is an insane story. In September of 1956, Thomas Fitzpatrick, after a night of heavy drinking in a New York City bar claimed he could fly from New Jersey to New York City in 15 minutes. 
and he decided to prove it. So at 3 a.m., he took a single-engine plane from Teterboro Airport, flying without lights or radio, and landed on St. Nicholas <laughs> Avenue near 191st Street, downtown New York City, right outside the bar where the wager was made. The New York Times hailed it as a remarkable landing and an aeronautical marvel. Fitzpatrick was fined $100 as the plane's owner declined to press charges. If that was the whole story, that would be great. Absolutely. But if you know Thomas Fitzpatrick, like I know Thomas Fitzpatrick, mm, that's Thomas. never the end of the story. <laughs> Two years later, in October of 1958, Fitzpatrick repeated the daring act. Around 1 a.m., he again <laughs> stole a plane from Teterboro and landed on Amsterdam and 187th Street, motivated by a bar patron's skepticism about his earlier feat. So someone in the bar didn't believe that he had done it two years ago, so he went and did it again. For the second unauthorized flight, he was sentenced to six months in prison by Judge John A. Mullen. Fitzpatrick explained to the police that he undertook the second flight because someone doubted his first. That's the only reason he did it. Someone doubted him. Sure. Calling me a liar? That's it. I'll prove you wrong. Fitzpatrick was a Korean War veteran and a Purple Heart recipient. He was a steamfitter by profession. He had three sons, was married to his wife, Helen, for 51 years. He only passed away in 2009 at 79 years old. And uh, Fitzpatrick's adventurous exploits inspired a cocktail named the Late Night Flight in his honor. And here's the thing. They actually have pictures of, his, of the plane landed in the middle of downtown New York City. <laughs> There he is. Like talking to the cops like, guys, this is not a big deal. Just clear the way so I can fly out of here. Yeah, I've done it before, man. Yeah, we're good. Are you guys doubting me? You better not be doubting me. Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> can you believe that? I mean, obviously, it's a very different thing nowadays. New York is much more built up than it was back then. But still, to be able to steal a plane fly it and land it right outside the bar in the middle of New York city is pretty amazing. Uh, so if anyone's wondering out there, what is, uh, in a late night flight, uh, I've got the mm. recipe here for you again. Uh, this is named after Tom, uh, Thomas, Tommy Fitz Fitzpatrick. Yep. You pour Kahlua in the base of a cocktail glass and a separate mixing glass, you're going to muddle blackberries, add chambord, and one ounce of vodka and shake with ice. You're going to strain carefully into a layer over the Kahlua. And another mixing glass, shake egg white, syrup, and the remaining half ounce of vodka without ice to create an emulsion. Layer this fluffy white foam on top. <laughs> okay. So it's a very complicated drink, but it sounds very like it might be pretty good. Yeah, very complicated. It sounds like it's got a decent amount of alcohol up in this thing, so which makes sense because, you know, uh, <laughs> you had to be pretty drunk to be able to take this on twice. So. It might it might take them longer to make the drink than it took him to <laughs> it actually make the flight. flight. But it is crazy. That's the thing that people don't think about in this. Is like It's crazy that he did all this. He was stone-cold drunk <laughs> at the time that he did it, too. <laughs> He's like, not just, uh, not just that he managed, like if you just stole a plane and flew it from New Jersey and landed in the middle of Manhattan safely, that would be insane and amazing. But then to do it absolutely blackout drunk <laughs> is even crazier. And then he did it twice. So it that's how we do it in America. That's, that's right. <laughs> don't call, don't call Americans liars because that's we right. will prove you wrong. That's right. It's going to be embarrassing to you. Mm. <laughs> Don't I you mean, look stupid? Yeah, it's like, okay, buddy, you stay here. Don't leave the bar. I'm going to be really disappointed if you just left and went home. You got bored. I'm out of here, and I'll be back with a plane in just a little while. Just keep an yeah. eye outside. Yeah. Wink. Time me. Yeah, yeah. time me. <laughs> Go. Crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Now, let's go into a little bit of, related to that, but a little bit of a different uh, direction here. On July 28th, 1945, an American B-25 bomber crashed into the Empire State Building. After the pilot got lost in a heavy fog, 
They lost sight, smashed into the building, killing 14 people, causing a million dollars in damages. Keep in mind, that's a million in 1945. Firefighters rescued one survivor named Betty Lou Oliver and placed her in an elevator with cables damaged by the fire, resulting in her plunging 75 no. floors <laughs> to the bottom. <laughs> and yet, miraculously, she survived. So oh she's in the Empire gosh. State Building, plane crashes into it. She survives the plane crash. Then they're like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. Let's get you into this elevator and get you down to safety. And then that thing plunges 75 floors to the ground and she lives through that. Oh my gosh. Come on, could you, man. Could you imagine the look on those firefighters' face when that <laughs> elevator just... Oh, crap. They're like, oh man, dang it. Uh, and like, here's the, right. here's the damage from the plane. And there she is. There she hopefully is. not getting ready to happily get into an elevator right now. <laughs> yeah, man, we need to get you on the elevator and get you down here. On... No, you don't. No. Someone's carrying me down these oh, steps. Step right over here. Step into the elevator. Okay. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. I mean, that's like, yeah, come on. Poor That's Betty just Lou. either the best luck or the worst luck. I it was, we see so many of those stories where you do not know. Do you classify it as great luck or horrible luck when this happens to somebody? Uh, I'd have to think that's great luck for her. Yeah, I mean, you survive a, a plane crashing into the building as she's on the 80th floor, <laughs> yeah. and then they get you in the elevator and you fall 75 <laughs> floors down. <laughs> just can't even. She's got to think, oh, help is here. Yay, I'm saved. And then just. She's like, the elevator? You sure? Don't take the steps. Okay, no, it's faster with the elevator. Oh, they weren't cool, lying. Cool. This is very fast. This yeah, well, incredible. I guess I'm down here. <laughs> I should take the elevator more often. This is so fast. What an easy yeah. way to get around 75 flights. Now she, I, that's, that's crazy because I, I wonder, like, is she, so I had a science teacher. Um, once you know he always loved to do and i just remember this from high school like loved to do like little like ask questions like hey if you're falling if an elevator falls would you have stand a better chance of jumping at right before it hits or laying flat yeah. on the ground and it was laying as flat as you possibly can um you have a better survival rate of that so i wonder like how they had her in that elevator now she broke her leg so right. it would kind of make it sound like she was standing <laughs> up but i i don't i don't know i mean yeah <laughs> i just wonder how they put her in there like on a cot or something and that's maybe what saved her because i mean like you you fell 75 stories and crashed in yeah. an elevator it's insane Oh, sorry, Betty Lou. Yeah. Well, hey, she survived. So, I mean, she's got a heck of a story to tell for free. You know, she didn't, uh, she didn't have to pay for that story. She got that story for free. That's something she can share with her friends and family forever. And sometimes memories are the best thing that we can really take with us. <laughs> Remember that time I uh, fell 75 stories in an elevator after a plane crashed into yeah. it? Her kids are like, Mom, I don't feel like going to school today. I have a, I have a tummy ache. <laughs> Okay, okay, well, listen, well, one time I was in the Empire State Building. We know, we know. <laughs> okay, so you want to get up? Because I also fell down on an elevator 75 floors. But uh, your tummy still hurt? Because my legs were broken already before I fell to the elevator. <laughs> but I know it's a tough day at school for you. That science yeah. test isn't going to take itself. Oh, man, you got to learn jerk. reading and writing and arithmetic yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah yeah everybody's a victim yeah, everybody's a victim <laughs> these days aren't they <laughs> and you know what i'm actually gonna I, i'm gonna tell you something here when we talk about everybody being a victim we are all victims and actively we've talked about it on the show many times actively being victimized every day oftentimes by our own government and here's the story that I saw the other day that I thought is worth talking about. In the U.S., there are laws that prevent felons from voting. Everybody knows this. However, sure. politicians who have broken anti-insider training laws are allowed to serve on the House Ethics Committee. 
four different members of the House Ethics Committee's 10 members have violated the Stock Act. John Rutherford has 152 violations of the Stock Act. David Joyce has 136. Michael Guest, the chairman of the House Ethics Committee, has two violations of the House Stock Act. And Deborah Ross has one violation of the Stock Act. They're actively breaking the law, violating the Stock Act, and they sit on the board of the House Ethics Committee. And they've broken it hundreds of times. Is that crazy or what? And we've seen it before about all of these, you know, we talked about on the show before about like Nancy Pelosi's net worth and like all of these people. And it's just insane what ends up happening, like how wealthy and we know the insider trading that goes on and, you know, all of these things. But this is such a great example. I mean, they know everything about the companies and who's going to be legislated to be successful or not. They just buy up all the stock and make tons of money first. Yeah. And just do it all while laughing at Americans. Yes. Someone said you you don't hate the media more than you should. And I, I feel like that's the same way with politicians. You you yeah. can't you, you can't hate them more than what you already do. Like you <laughs> you, you you should hate them more. Yeah. It I can't mean, be how too much. yeah, yeah. It, it, there's just it's just not yeah, you can't hate them too much. No. Like you should loathe them even more than what you do. They're all just laughing at us and and just I mean it's just a joke at this point. There's actually um uh an app or or at least it's a, a Reddit that actually follows trades that politicians mm-hmm. make. And they're actually making so much money on this because they're the best indicators of a stock because these people get into it. Now they have to, you know, they're required to, you know, put out whatever they're trading. Disclose their trades. Right. But they will oftentimes wait a very long time. And that's sometimes those are the violations of the stock act is that they do it and then they don't report it and they'll wait for months and months, six months, a year, whatever. And then they'll go back. Well, they've already made millions of dollars at that point. And then they report it. They don't do it ahead of time. Yeah. Just the old "you can't beat them, join them" is kind of the yeah. uh, motto that these these people are taking, and yeah, I mean, move over, Jim Cramer. Um, Nancy <laughs> Pelosi is my stock market guru <laughs> <That's> now. <laughs> how no embarrassing! Kidding, how embarrassing for this country, and like how that's not a law that these people are not allowed to trade stock. And look, uh, we all know they would find a way around it, even if they did ban it. But they don't even try to ban it. They're just like, no, it's fine. No. Like yeah, you know, they came it. out. Pelosi was like, "No, why? Why should we not be allowed to to trade stocks?" Yeah. Like, well, uh, because you have all the insider information. There was <laughs> one um, uh, that I think it was unusual whales on X. Um, yeah, that person does a, an amazing job of, of yeah. finding all these, and it was a, a small company that this uh, politician had put. Oh yeah. It was like $250,000 in or something. And, you know, and they come to find out that they just end up getting, you know, a contract with the government. And it's like, I mean, they're not even trying to hide it at this point. You know, it's just, it, it's so shameful. Yeah. It's crazy. It really is. And the thing is, it's like, there's such a simple fix, which is just when you're in office, you can't trade stocks. Now, the problem is how do you even enforce that? Because even if you didn't, it's like if you were in office, you don't tell a friend to buy it. You don't have your sure. spouse, a family member, somebody somewhere knows to buy it. But, I mean, you, you know, they can track enough things. Hopefully, you, it at least would make it a little harder. At least you could argue the fact that there's rules against it. Like, that nothing now is preventing it from happening. Sure. Make it as difficult as you possibly can. And then if they still find a way around it, fine. You know, you can't stop it, I'm sure. Yeah. But – you should be making it as difficult as possible. And then if you find out that they did it, then there should be sanctions. There should be jail time. There should be all the stuff that goes into it, you know, it, but none of them, uh, Republicans, Democrats, all of them, they're just like, no, no, we're not going to pass something like that. That's the last thing we need in this country. (laughs) Yeah. You don't need us regulated more. (laughs) There's enough regulation in this country. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man. Crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy. 
So that made me think I have one. I only have one, only one for tonight's episode. But yet again, tonight we bring you real things currently for sale on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, man. You know, if you're in the car market, mm-hmm. consider, I'm not saying do it. I'm not saying buy it, but consider, consider a Mazda. <laughs> Is that a Miata? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is this for sale in Florida? Because this seems like a flo- <laughs> No. Those are New York plates? I think. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Look at that vehicle. I have some (laughs) other pictures. Uh, (laughs) Look at the gas mileage. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. Like, that's your Mazda Miata. (laughs) How much is it going for? So, it's been driven 150,000 miles. Okay. And uh, so they say... This is my lifted Miata. Custom body mounts on a Bronco two-frame to mount the Miata body on top. Has a 4.0 and the 8.8 from an Explorer. Rest of the drivetrain is Bronco 2. Interested to see what kind of trades I can get. Send me your weird, wild, etc. and we can talk details. (laughs) So this person who owns this vehicle is hoping to trade it for something weird. So it doesn't even really want money. He just wants uh, another weird trait. Well, yeah. uh, maybe you can get a hold of the uh, the glove hand uh, <laughs> sculpture. Yeah. That'd be Might nice. Might a little more in, but uh, <laughs> always throw in the Statler Brothers uh, autographs. And... <laughs> yeah. Or a hornet's nest. <laughs> plenty of options. Yes. Is that insane or what? I mean. Oh, you gotta love it. Like. The amount of time and money someone took to do that to a Mazda Miata. Taking a Mazda Miata or putting it on top of a Ford Bronco. (laughs) Who even bolting it together, putting a transmission, engine, and everything. Like, all right, got anything weird? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Show me your weirdest stuff, man. I'd be interested. (laughs) Let's get weird with this. So strange. Jeez. So, yes. So, for anyone listening who's not watching, a Mazda Miata is like a little two-seater sports car, very tiny. You probably have seen these. You look it up, you'll know what I'm talking about. Tiny, tiny, little, little two-seater sports car. And they have giant mud tires, like monster truck tires on this thing. It's like eight feet in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you get in and out of it. You need a step ladder to get in and out of it. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, two-tone green. Uh, with gigantic mud tires on it. I mean, it's it's taller in this one picture than the pickup truck that it's sitting next to. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, come on, man. So someone has all that work, and then just like, I don't know. I guess I could let it go if you had something weird enough. Like, that's just so strange to me. So do you have strange. no money, or do you have tons of money? I don't know. Too which, much. It's impossible to read this person. This person doesn't uh, care about money. I can tell you that much. <laughs> money person, does not rule their life at all. Not at all. This person just goes with the flow, whatever comes. Yeah. So they're this person that just, you know, that part of the brain that says, is this a good idea? Yeah. It just doesn't. The answer always yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> just, the needle is buried all the way on the side that says yes. Everything's a good idea. Heck yes. This is a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought that one was pretty, pretty good. So I like to find these from time to time. And, uh, yeah, I will say, too, I mean, not for nothing, it does have leather seats. So, well, there you go. Yeah, they're very clear about that, that it does have leather. So, yeah, and it's convertible. So, you got to like that also. There you go. So, yeah, man, if anyone's out there in the market, uh, you know, we, we might be able to broker a deal for you. So, uh, happy to happy to help for a small percentage. Yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, I don't know what you're going to be giving up that is a value because I don't think money is going to be involved in this. That does not sound like any money will be involved. <laughs> I don't you want to know cash? what is involved. Nah, I'm not interested. Yeah. No, I don't believe in it. Don't nah. believe in cash. <laughs> Clearly I don't. As you see, I tricked out a Mazda Miata. 
<laughs> Time is a flat circle. Money is an illusion. <laughs> I don't, I don't buy into all those things. I just oh, climb gosh. up into my Miata and uh, <laughs> take off into the sunset. I let the wind blow through my hair. <laughs> all right. So um, let's see. We're, we're getting close to wrapping up here. I found this video the other day. You know, again, I say it all the time. Nobody ever learns a single lesson from this show, uh, but I always say it. <laughs> if you're in a laundromat, and our listeners might be, well, I want you to see what happens to this person who is in a laundromat. He's doing his laundry pretty simply, normal day for him. Man, I'm exhausted. Let me get the heck out of here. Okay, laundry's taken care of. Doors closing, place is empty, and then um, someone's got something going in the dryer over there. What's that? The <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> the whole place just blows up. I do not know what this dude had in his pocket. I do not know what could have possibly been in this dryer when this laundry is being done. But whatever it is, is enough to bump the door open and then whatever the heck goes on in there does some major damage <laughs> i mean it literally blows the whole door frame window yes. just completely off of this laundromat yeah it's like the guy like did his laundry and forgot he had a pipe bomb in his jeans <laughs> like <sighs> where is the <laughs> oh no <laughs> not my lucky dynamite <laughs> jeez <laughs> How lucky is that guy that walks yeah. out mere seconds after yes. this happened? Bags of all his laundry, thankfully didn't take a phone call or anything, and then walks out of there five seconds later, the whole place is just blown to bits. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. I imagine when they were investigating this, they had to think this guy did something yeah, exactly. at first. <laughs> yes. There's no way that you wouldn't have thought, like, okay, he had to have rigged this up somehow. Yeah, this is craziness, man. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was worth a, uh, definitely worth a look. And uh, that's going to bring us to our final thing. But before we wrap it up, uh, do you have anything uh, you wanted to talk to the people about? Anything you got, you've got a global audience at your beck and call. Anything that you'd mm -hmm. like to say to people around the world? Nah, I'm good. Nothing. Okay, good. It's smart to not take advantage of Yeah, it. yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> So with that having been the case, I will show you a video. And again, we will describe it for those who are listening on the podcast. This is the best drinking trick I have ever seen. I believe it will be the best that you have ever seen as well. Okay, I've picked up an empty glass in my mouth. I'm going to dump my other Guinness into the glass. Uh, this alone is already very, very hard to figure out how you could do it. Already difficult. I'm going to balance that beer on top of the empty glass that I just poured out. I've got to transition it onto the back. <laughs> this doesn't seem possible. Do you know where this is going to go? I mean, it hasn't spilled a drop at this Not point. Not a drop. Not a drop. Now watch uh, this. Sliding. It's going sliding in his up, mouth. I can promise up, you that. Sliding up. Well, wait, wait. Can I get it? Okay, nice and easy. Don't let it slide off. Get my teeth on it. Mm -hmm. Stick my nose in it. Put my other one down. And <laughs> gone. I mean, how many times did he try this trick? Seriously. Before I mean, come he on, got man. it. And why try it? <laughs> Who thinks of this? Yes. It is unbelievable. Who could manage to do that? So, again, for the people listening, he has one empty glass and one full glass of Guinness. He has the one empty glass sitting there. He picks it up with his mouth. In fact, I will play it again as we're, as we're discussing this here. So he has the empty glass. He picks that up with his mouth. Then mm -hmm. he's holding that with his head tilted back so that that is a level glass. It's open, and then he's pouring the other Guinness into that empty glass. He's holding with his mouth. And again, perfect pour of this Guinness. I've been in a lot of bars that cannot pour a Guinness as well as this guy did. No. 
Then he flips the empty glass upside down and he's able to balance the full glass of Guinness on top of the empty glass, <laughs> slides his face up the glass of Guinness, not spilling a drop throughout this entire time. Then gets it from the top, leans all the way back and is able to then chug at what would be definitely be a full pint of Guinness. Careful, careful. He gets it to the very top. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Bite on it. And, and then again uses his mouth. Yep. To and then chugs that Guinness. Empty. That's insane. It's impressive. I, I I mean it is so impressive. I just what do you How do, do you do ever with find this? out you can do it? <laughs> hey, what do you do with this knowledge besides <laughs> just going to a bar and say, look what I can do? It's easy to say that, but it got him on the You Get the Horn show. Well, it sure did. This guy so. just got seen by a global audience that it would normally, uh, he he rarely gets out of his house. There's going to be people in Canada, England, Germany, Switzerland, all over the world, Australia, yeah. that are watching these. I'm guessing he gets out of his house a lot. He probably doesn't get out of the pub a lot. <laughs> <laughs> to go to the bar. That's yeah. true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Crazy. That is, uh, that's a heck of a drinking trick, man. That is that is impressive. Yeah. So that guy is no joke. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you learn to do it. I don't know how you can figure out how to do it. Pretty daggone good. So yeah, more power to him. Anyway, I think that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Any uh, anything? Any last any last words? Any last messages before we wrap nah, this up? I'm not sure up? how you top that. I mean that that speaks for itself. This mm-hmm. is what the show is all about. We just you know <laughs> <laughs> useless information. Yes. Yeah, you're not wrong. That you need. That you need. That's right. You need it. You, you might didn't not know want you it. Needed it. <laughs> <laughs> you may not want it. You shouldn't. But you got it. You and got then it. now that you have it, what are you going to do with it? Great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't right, try folks. this at home. Try yeah. it in a pub, but not at <laughs> That's home. That's right. That's right. Feel free. <laughs> Feel free to try. For regular people, you're probably not going to be able to pull this off. This is a special type of thing. Sure. I can tell you now. So, uh, yeah. You're not that that's, guy, that's Trust me. You're yeah. not that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if you're thinking, <laughs> if you're thinking about going to your local bar and you're not that guy, this. pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. Don't do it. You're don't bother trying this. Please you just don't. order you... your Miller Lite, sit in the corner. <laughs> like, don't, just, don't bother that's anybody. It. That's you it. Don't have to be clever. I mean, you're just going to break teeth and it's just yes, going to be a whole dental thing. And I'm sure your dental beer. plan is not as good as you thought it was. And Can't be. A lot of out-of-pocket expenses there. That's right. You don't want to pay those high deductibles. Come on, man. <laughs> you thought beer was expensive. all right that's it for us tonight so with that we bid you adieu we say thank you everybody we appreciate you making uh us part of your day and uh, we will continue to try to keep you entertained we look forward to talking with you next week and that'll do it for us so thank you everybody good night